Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to episode 10 of Decoding Joseph. We are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the character of Joseph. 
Now, through the character of Joseph, we see that there are about 11 key life principles to decode from the story of Joseph. And we pretty much up to this point, all the first 10 episodes have been on this principle category, which is our upbringing and our past shouldn't define us. We've covered this uh, um, at a great length, and we have decoded this as the character attitude Joseph must have had to overcome his background. If this is one of your first episodes to listen to, basically Joseph is a guy who was born and he was loved by his father. His father really loved him, made him a coat of many colors, but things quickly started to go downhill when he had these dreams about what his destiny was going to be and his brothers became jealous of him. And what ended up happening is they ended up, uh, first of all, they, they, their plan was to kill him. One of the brothers talked them out of it. And so they decided to sell him off into slavery. Now he sold into slavery and we see that the first place that he goes to, he's able to thrive and go basically from employee to employer. He goes from being a slave in his master's house where he sold to becoming the, the, the overseer. Basically his master puts his whole estate in his hands. And the things that we see described about Joseph, about his character, about his master seeing that truly the hand of God was with him can only in hindsight lead us to, to believe or to decode that he must have at certain point decided to overlook his past, to move past his upbringing, to move past the heart that he's, that he had gone through. The, the trauma. And we said a lot of people today are not able to step into the newness or new opportunities, new relationships, new partnerships, because they just can't let go of the terrible things that have happened to them in their past. And they keep looking in the rear view mirror. Now, to use the analogy of driving, it is good to look in the rear view mirror once in a while, but you don't spend most of your time looking in the rear view mirror because you're not going backwards. You're going forward in life. You're moving forward in this journey called life. Well, that should be our goal is to move forward in this journey called life. That's why you look in the, you know, and there's reasons why the rear view mirror is, is smaller than the front one, you know, your windshield. It's, it's bigger, you know, it's bigger for a reason. You need more sight where you're headed. But once in a while, you can look at some things that have gone, have happened maybe yesterday and, and say, okay, I can do better than that. But we don't, we don't use yesterday to really tell us or to really, we don't, we're not going to let yesterday sabotage today. 
So this guy, Joseph, mastered the art of, I don't know, for someone to have been betrayed by his family, knowing very well his brothers wanted to kill him, sold into slavery, to come in as a servant, the lowest ranking member working in this in this in this uh, uh, commander of Egypt's house called Potiphar. He was the commander. He was the captain of the of, of Pharaoh's guard. So, and he just started to thrive. He just started to rise up the ranks. And the first thing we see here, he masked. The first thing we're saying is that this guy must have said, you know what? Um, a lot of things have happened to me in the past, but I'm going to move past them, you know? So in, in the last episode, uh, we were really harping on this, where we say, uh, there's a scripture that says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. There's something about saying, okay, I understand things didn't go well yesterday. Today's a new day. Today's a new dawn. Today is a day of new beginnings. So let's deal with today. Your victory next week lies in the hands of today, not in the hands of yesterday. Your future lies not in your past, but in what you're doing right now. So there's no point of us, there's no point in us worrying about tomorrow or even next week because today is the day of salvation. Today is when we kickstart off our new plan of victory. You know, we can talk all about, um, let's say if you want to go on a, on a workout plan of 40 days, you will not get to day number 40 if you don't take care of today. The results that you want to see at the end of 40 days depend on the effort and intensity and intent and the attitude with which we approach today. So it's all about today because winning today sets up a better tomorrow. This bears repeating. Winning today sets up a better tomorrow and we can only win today by focusing on today and definitely not carrying over yesterday's failures into today. So this this is this is the principle and 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 if we can do that just on a it's the same thing about winning in the future really comes down to what's currently happening in our lives right now if we handle business right now we're increasing our chances of success for tomorrow next week or later on down the road but we're not gonna let the shortcomings of yesterday or two years ago, one year ago, seep into today because that was drained today of its energy. And so this is one of the things that we, we spoke about in the last episode. Now, today's episode is, is a little bit of a, uh, like a detour that's very important because we're talking about uh, focusing on today to succeed tomorrow. You know, the one thing that is really corrupting our culture right now is this thing called 
comparison. You know, we, we tend to take our eyes off of, and, and this is the same thing. If you take your eyes off of today and start focusing on what you have to do tomorrow, ignoring today, best believe you're draining tomorrow of its energy, of, of, of its success rate. At the same time, you're draining today of its energy. Like the scripture that says, um, take no thought. In fact, uh, it's a Jesus' teaching in, in, in this parable, and he's talking about do not worry about what do not worry about tomorrow. Today already has enough of today has enough trouble that you should focus all your energies on today. Now, so we're kind of going to take a little bit of a tangent here, a little side journey because this is a an important subject to talk about uh, on the issue of comparison. Uh, instead of focusing on our lives, focusing on other people's lives. Because I believe that's also draining or destroying destinies. In our culture today, we have, we live in, 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 in the age of social media. And there's something to be said about when you start to focus on other people's lives, and what is happening in their lives? It's almost, think about it this way. If you're in a car, right? And you're driving, it's good to do shoulder checks, which means look to the left, look to the right. However, you don't spend, when you're driving, you don't spend your time, most of your time looking sideways. You don't spend your time looking sideways. In fact, we, we, even like if you want to look at like athletes, if you're looking at people who are sprinting, let's say 100 meters, most of all these races, you, you don't look behind. Yeah, first of all, you don't look behind. You don't go around looking to the left or to the right. It slows you down. There's something to be said about when you start to look into what other people's lives are doing, that you take focus off of your own life. And this personally, to be honest, it has taken me a really long time to come to grips with it. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I, I think I have a handle on it. Once in a while, I still have to regulate and not be caught up in, 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 in other people's business. Um, in fact, for, for this reason is one of the main reasons to why I'm not even active on social media any, uh, as much as it used to be, because you, it's very easy to get caught up in what other people are doing. It's very easy to get caught up in other people's pictures, uh, other people's advancements or whatever whether they've put filters in them, I don't care. It's very easy to, to be trapped into looking at someone else and you start to second guess where you are. Um, it's very easy to start looking at people who are 
uh, let's say in the sim, it's good to take away good things that people are doing. But when you start to look at what they're doing to basically uh, evaluate, you know, where you are, it's, it's, it, it can be more detrimental than, than, than helpful because this thing called life, we all start off at, at different at different points. It's, it's really unfair to me to look at someone else, even if we're in the same field of work. And, and really score or grade my life or where I am today based on where that person is and use them as a benchmark. Because we, 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 we did not start in the same place. We, we have different struggles. We're, you know, we, we, we deal with different things. So it's not really good for us to, to, to compare ourselves with other people and take the ball, take, take, take our eyes off the ball of our lives and look at what other people are doing. It can drain you. In fact, it can kill your dream. Because if you have the same dream as someone else, but that person, let's say, is 100, uh, is 10 miles away or 50 miles away, you do not know the ins and out of like what they have done and, and what, what they have, you know, what their routine has been and this or that. So if you start looking at how far other people are from you, um, it's very easy to lose hope in beginning and start in your journey because you start to say, man, like, you know, I mean, we all, this is, this is not new stuff. This is not new stuff, but it's just, it bears remembering. And the two pivotal scriptures that I really want us to look at that I want to use as reference in John chapter 21, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is after he's resurrected. So he's talking to one of his disciples, in fact, two of them. And one of them is trying to find out what Jesus is going to do with the other disciple. And Jesus says, what is that to you? He says, I've given you this assignment. You focus on what I've told you to do. Don't worry about what I'm assigning this other person to do. And that's the problem that, 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 that I find in this social media age is that it's, we fall into this trap of comparison. I know this, this is very, this, this is, you've probably heard about this, but I'm telling you, my life changed drastically, drastically. When I go to a point and say, if I can't compare anymore, which personally for me, it meant that I, I would not be on social media as often as, because I just can't do it. Because I'm still protecting my dreams. I'm still working on, on my stuff. So I don't want to be discouraged by where someone else is at. You know, it's good if they want to publicize their success. That's fair. So you see, and most people sometimes also, this can put you in a bad situation because yes, it's not, it's not like a terrible thing to like, you know, some people, feel like they have to publicize 
every achievement of theirs. And maybe they do it out of um, a place to encourage other people. Now, you don't know the intent of, of people's posts and how they post them and this and that. That's why, um, you know, some people maybe post them to kind of brag. Some people probably post genuinely to say, hey, I've come from a long way. Look at what I've done. Look at what God's doing in my life and this and that. But I don't know. Like, I don't know the intent behind people's postings. And also, I don't want to make people feel guilty when they post about the accomplishments and be the person who's who's saying, oh, why, you know, you start to feel envy. You start to get jealous because th this person, it feels like every other day they're posting a home run. And you're like, man, I, the coach hasn't even called me out on the mound. This person's hitting home runs. Every, every post of theirs looks like it's a home run. It's a home run. It's a home run. And for you, you're barely even on any base, you know, and, and it's very easy to get caught up in this. Now, I have to protect my tender heart and say, I'm not going to be the person who tells people what to post and not to post. You, that's up to you. So for me, what I'm going to do, I'm going to protect me. So if I feel like someone's posts don't really encourage me and they make me feel uh, a certain kind of way, um, I'm not going to blame them. Maybe there's something in me that I need to deal with. You know, it's it's not them. It's something in me. You know, most times, um, you know, when they say, um, when someone, let's say, offense, if there's something in you, offense is actually most times is not from the person who's offending you the impact of when you when you are offended comes from you so when someone curse you out um another person will just laugh because for them they're like it's, it's like you just poured water off a duck's back you know a duck's back it just it's gonna roll off you know another person who thinks so highly of themselves, who feels like they no one can say anything to them, even a simple correction, they'll feel like you are, you know, they'll feel like you've, you, you, you know, their ego feels like, you know, you like you've, you know, you've bruised their ego because they feel like they're so important uh, that you can't even, you know, they can't receive correction. So, when someone offends them, they easily get offended. So when someone posts their successes on, on, on social media and I get offended, it's I, I shouldn't put the problem on them. I do not know with what intent they are posting these things. Maybe it's genuinely just to say, hey, look at where I've come from, and you can also get here. And we need that. You need to see that, okay, this person was here. Look at look at what they've turned their life into. We need, we need, we need positive influences. Now, they now there's the other side of it where it feels like, okay, you can you'll never catch up, where it feels like everybody, you know, someone's hitting home runs here. You know, someone other person's marriage, you know, maybe put up pictures and it just looks like these people are really happy. And, and you and your partner, 
are not even sleeping in the same bed anymore. You know, you're on the couch or you're not even living in the house. So if you're in a place where you're dealing with some things, um, it may not be the best time for you to receive that kind of content. It may, it may affect you negatively. In fact, they say that singing, singing songs of melody to someone with a, with a broken heart or broken spirit is like pouring, um, there's a proverb, it's like pouring something like, um, it's like pouring salt in a wound, which means there's a place in which seeing other people's successes may not necessarily benefit you because instead of affecting you positively, you may be affected negatively because you will feel like you will never get there. Um, you, you know, it might affect you if, if you're still young, you know, they used to call in, 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 in farming these before seeds, some plants are so delicate that when they first plant them, you know, before they take them out, they kind of nurture them like in a greenhouse, like, 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 like in a, in a very delicate place because they're still tender. They, they, they haven't yet fully grown to be exposed to all the elements. So sometimes it's good for you to just kind of back away and say, no, 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 no. You know, I'm in a place right now where I need to focus on me. I need to keep the eyes. I need to keep my eyes on my own hustle. And I'm not just going to be on there just scrolling through people's successes because you start to fall in this trap of comparison. So in, in John chapter 21, we see Jesus demonstrate this. In verse 19, Jesus said say this. So basically, Jesus has just had a, a discussion with Simon Peter, and he tells him, follow me. It goes on to say, Peter turned and saw Jesus' favorite disciple following them. Right? So Jesus tells Peter, follow me. So Peter turns and sees Jesus' favorite disciple following them. And it says he was the same one who had sat next to Jesus at the Last Supper and had asked him, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw this disciple following them, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about him? So Jesus has just told Peter, given him his assignment, said, Simon, follow me. Now, Peter is asking Jesus, he says, well, you're telling me to follow you. What about him? And Jesus answered him. This is, this is, this is what I'm trying to say. In, in John chapter 21, verses 22, Jesus answered, what is it to you? What is it to you? If I want him to leave until I return, you must follow me. He says, what is it to you? If I want him to leave until I return, you must follow me. He's saying, hey, don't mind about him. 
First, focus on the assignment I have given you. Focus on your own uh, development. Focus on you. Focus on you. Now, there's another very powerful scripture that talks about this, about comparison. And this is in this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. It's also very powerful. It says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. So there's, there's, there's so much in this. He's saying, first of all, he's, he's saying, we, we're not comparing ourselves with those people who commend themselves, who are patting themselves on the back. But he doesn't say that they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So he's talking about two kinds of comparison here. He's, he's talking about self-comparison and also comparison with other people. Because in, in another translation that adds more detail to it, it says, not that we have the audacity to venture, to class, or even to compare ourselves with someone with some who exalt and furnish testimonials for themselves. However, when they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and behave unwisely. Wow. And it goes on to say, this is verse 13, very powerful as well. It says, we, on the other hand, will not boast beyond our legitimate, legitimate province and proper limit, but will keep within the limits of our commission, which God has allotted us as our measuring line and which reaches and includes even you. Wow. Wow. So it will be very ignorant, very unwise for, for, let's say, I don't know, like, like, like I'm like a lion. I don't know. Let, let's say a fox or those might even be in the same bracket. You know, let's say an eagle to start comparing, you know, itself with a lion. Do you know what I mean? They, they, it's a very wrong measuring stick. You know, worst, I mean, at least the, the best thing would be for a lion to compare itself with other lions and for an ego to compare itself with other egos. But even then he's saying, that's still not even wise. 
He's saying that's not even wise. Comparison can bring you unnecessary um, and called for anxiety. Comparison can kill your dream. Comparison can kill your dream. It's very unwise. He's saying you're using the wrong measuring stick. He's talking about comparing yourself with yourself and then comparing yourself with one another. He says you're, you're without understanding and behave unwisely. So that's this is this this is very important in this day and age. Even even when you're starting out a project, you know, um, even when you're setting out a project, it's very unwise for you to start comparing where you are in your journey to where someone else is. All you need to do is focus on putting in the on, on, on putting in the work. It is very unwise to start comparing yourself with yourself. And in this case, we can look at it as saying, you, when you compare yourself with yourself can also mean something like, you start to look at your successes as much as it's not good for you to look at your failures, it's also not good for you to start, you know, looking at your successes because you can easily get in, fall into some kind of comfort zone. There's, there's a book called The Score Takes Care of Itself. Uh, back then when I used to, you know, read, uh, I, I read a, a lot of books like this type. But this book is called The Score Takes Care of Itself, My Philosophy of Leadership. It's by this uh, football coach, football coach called Bill Walsh. And anyways, I love the title because it's The Score Takes Care of Itself. When other people were basically setting measuring sticks of like, okay, this is what we should accomplish this season. This is what we should do. This is this should be our target. He says the score takes care of itself. When when he came into an organization that had not even made the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers, he changed the culture by, by just saying, if you do the right thing, you'll produce the right results. Saying, don't don't worry, don't don't worry about the score. If you do the right things, it's just inevitable that you'll get the right score. The score takes care of itself. So we live in an age where we compare our lives with we, we have role models. We use celebrities as 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 the ultimate uh life or status you know as 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 the benchmark of how good our lives can be of or of how good our lives are or not but here's the thing that i'm realizing and this isn't bragging when i when i when i got out of when i was delivered from from comparison with anyone with anyone Anytime comparison tries to come up in me, I just shut it down. I just shut it down. It is very stupid of me to start looking at someone else knowing very well our struggles are different. 
we're running a different race. We all like to use the phrase, man, if you take a, if you walk a mile in my shoes. Well, you know, we got different shoes on. I mean, we may have, yeah, we got different shoes on and we're walking different paths. But it's very stupid of me to start comparing when I don't know what that other person has put in. Now, it's okay for me to look at good habits, good principles that people are applying in their lives and, and, and probably pick up some of them. But in terms of comparing them to myself in a way of um, judging whether I'm a success or a failure is very wrong. You know, I, I have to do that even when it comes to this podcast. You know, I... I'm, I'm about the father's business. It, it would be very wrong for me, and I have to keep reminding myself about this. It would be very wrong for me, very unfair, if I started looking at other people who have been doing their podcasts, I don't know, 10 years, five years, three years, and look at how many views they have, um, how many listeners they have, and, and start thinking that, and, and start basically saying, oh, how many views does, you know, do the, you know, does, does this episode have? And, and, or the other person's episode has a hundred views or maybe a thousand views, a thousand likes. And, and, and the one, this one has, you know, this many likes. It, it's not fair. It is not reasonable. I would lose the purpose of this this is if i'm doing it for that then it lo it, it loses it, you know it, it defeats the purpose you know I, I had to agree with myself and say you know what i'm doing the father's business you know god has given me a mandate for a biblical worldview so um this this podcast is different. It's it's, it's different. I, I I've, in fact, what's what's really interesting is that when I first started working on this podcast, I, I I'd never. I was like, well, how do you even record podcasts? How do you work on podcasts? How do you do this all? I think I watched like one, one YouTube video, and I was like, I'm not gonna watch like ten videos, or I'm not gonna because you know this every everybody's like oh you should do this you should have this I, all i did is said okay lord i believe you want me to talk about some things you've you've, you've given me that mandate too uh, and i just asked the father I said how should i structure this podcast and i just started experimenting with a few things the only thing that i actually remember doing research on was oh what kind of recording platform to use. That was like pretty much the only research. And, and I said, I'm not gonna look even at other people's podcast structures too much because everybody's trying to do something different. If I start comparing, then I might miss out on originality because I'm looking at, oh, how is this person doing it? How is this person doing it? 
it's all about, okay, what platforms do people use? What platforms are good? What can I use? What works for me? And off we go. And, and we just keep tweaking this thing and, and, and keep tweaking it and, you know, getting some opinions from the people who listen and, and what they want and, and want to hear. But because it can destroy your dream. Anyways, the point that I was trying to, to, to make here is this. The one thing that I realized that set me free when I started focusing, when I stopped looking into other people's lives, it totally freed me. It delivered me. Is it almost seems like the more the more I focus on the intricacies of my life, the more fun it seems. You know, it's, when you focus on other people's lives, it's very easy for you to, to look at other people's lives and you're like, oh man, that person looks like that person's having a blast, like their life is all fun. You know, look at their relationship, that, that their relationship is all fun. You know, uh, look, doesn't even look like, you know, him and his spouse or her and her boyfriend argue. You know, it just looks to take, you know, all their pictures are happy and this and that. And people still fall into this trap. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to fall into this anymore. But for me, something turns when I just focus on my life. When I started to focus on my own life and focus on the intricacies of my life, the more I dig into my own life, the more I dig into knowing who am I, what makes me happy, what do I like doing, what should I do different today? I just find like, I, I just feel like my own life is a movie. I'm starting to enjoy staring in my own, in, in, in starring in my own movie. Honestly, I am. I never used to. I never used to enjoy my life. Now God knows there's so many things that I'm, uh, uh, so many, so many things that, you know, aspirations and, and things that I still want to do for the kingdom of God. But, um, I'm, I'm enjoying my life. I, I gotta say that. I gotta be honest. I don't think it was like this. Maybe two, two years ago. For longest time. I have always compared myself. Man, I always compared myself. In college, in high school, everywhere, compared myself. Always thought that, oh, this person was better. This person was this. This person was more good looking. This person was smarter. This person was more intelligent. This person had a better bag. This person had better shoes. This person had, oh my goodness. And I thank God that I was delivered from that. And now I enjoy my own life. I enjoy starring, being the star in my own movie. And I come out, I step out, and I watch how I, how I did the day. And I get a preview. I step out and zoom out. And I see how I starred, you know, in last week or maybe yesterday and, 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 and say, wow. I just enjoy, you know, being the star in my own movie. I feel like I'm a superhero in my own movie, in my own life right now. 
because I'm looking within my own measuring stick. Because if I look at someone else's and I start to compare, it's very easy for me to feel like a failure. You know, God is teaching me about me. He says, son, you got to get your eyes off of, off of what I'm doing in other people's life. Let's focus on what I'm doing in your own life. You know, God is teaching me about me. God is teaching me about my life. God is teaching me how to conquer the day, how to do this and do that. And honestly, there's like a thousand things to be done every day. And it's so involving that I, that honestly, I no longer have time to sit down and watch other people's lives or scroll through their lives. I don't. I don't. Even when I used to be, um, my life changed drastically. I used to, I was, I was sharing this with some people like in a Bible study group and I was saying, man, I've, I've come from a long ways and, and the Lord's done a number on me and, and, and I thank him for that. Is, I remember I used to, you know, I used to watch, you know, sports. Sports used to be like, the center of my life. You know, I if there was like a bat, I remember if I knew the Lakers were playing less on a Friday, I'll start planning on a Wednesday and I'll start moving my whole life around, you know, game time. Meaning I'll start saying, I can't do that. I'll not be able to do that because of why. I'm going to be watching the game. And I'll watch, I'll be interested in everything the players would say before the game, during the game, and after the game. And so here I am, basketball game normally takes about two and a half hours. But here I am, maybe one hour before the game, I'm, I'm trying to find out what, what is player this saying? What is their quarter? So that's another three and a half hours. And then all the post-game interviews, that's four and a half hours to five hours that's that's five hours i was giving away to other people don't get me wrong sports is good and 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 it's thrilling but i don't have that kind of time anymore i don't even have time to sit down and watch a full game anymore i don't i only watch full games during like playoffs and sometimes even the first round, I don't watch full games. I'll only probably watch the full games, let's say, during, like, perhaps in the finals. I just don't have time. You know, the people who work in the sports world, if you're a journalist in the sports world, most definitely, you need to be involved in the intricacies before the game, and after the game, because, you know, that's, that's your bread. But I think as a society, we have lost it because we focus on other people's lives. We know what, we know who every celebrity is dating. 
We know how many relationships they have. We know what they want. We know what they said last week. We know what they said yesterday. We know who they pissed off. We, we, we know we know everything about everybody's life but our lives. And our lives stink. And that's why so, this social media thing is a drug. Because it makes people, it takes people into fantasy land. You start to live celebrities' lives. You start to be angry when they decide to break up with someone and date someone else because you don't approve. Because you want them to remain picture perfect. You want them to, to, to maintain this fantasy that you have. You're living this, your fantasies through them. And you're missing out on living the life that God has built for you. God wants you to go on your own adventure of your life, to go through the ups and downs, to find out who you are, to know absolute, some people don't even know who they are. You know, some people, once the sports season closes, their lives come crashing down. They're like, what am I going to do for the next four months while, you know, the NBA season is over or soccer season is over or the NFL season is over? Because their life is so much into this thing. Listen, if if you if if sports pays your bills, by all means. If sports does not pay your bills, you do not have the time to focus on everything that's happening in Tom Brady's life, on everything that's happening in, in LeBron James's life, on everything that's happening in so and so's life. You just don't have that luxury. And that's why you're focusing on other people, you're giving them more attention, and they just get paid more money because of the attention you're giving them. And you don't get nothing. I remember I used to be so foolish. I would cry after games. My whole week would be torn up. Man, if the Lakers, let's say if the Lakers were playing on a Monday and they lost that game, it would affect my life. Until the next time they played. So if they didn't play again until Thursday, I would almost be like fiending for a win. Like it was almost, it, it can become like a drug where you just like, oh, your life is, you, 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 it affected my life. It affected everything I was doing because I can't wait for the next time they play so that they win. And now I can brag about them. I can talk about them like I own the team. Like I was getting paid by them winning or losing. You know, we would get into these stupid arguments of, of LeBron James and Kobe Ryan. Like, who's better? And you would actually be mad at someone else from disagreeing with you. And you would, like, like sports can make you this crazy. But it's not just sports. It happens in movies. It happens with other uh, media entertainment. We're so engrossed in other people's lives. That when, when they lock you up and they say, we're not going to, don't go on social media. You, okay, you can't go on social media. You now have to be stuck in your own life. It becomes a problem. You feel like you're suffocating. If you, if the only access you have to is your own life, a lot of people would suffocate because it's not fun. They, 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 they just, they, they're not, they haven't learned how, how to navigate their own lives. 
what keeps your life going is what is going in social in in, in celebrity so and so's life what, how they dress what they dress what they posted what they ate who they're dating what they drive where they leave who they voted for who they didn't like who they cast out who they were racist to and and that is that starts to become how the it affects your life you don't realize that life is so precious everyone has a purpose to accomplish in in a few um probably next couple of episodes we'll be looking at this the scriptures that talk about how god has designed everybody's life there's a scripture that says it's the this is a proverb it's very powerful it says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing. This is in Proverbs 25, 2. It says it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Wow. So your life, what I'm learning about life is that there's a life that God has almost like planned out for me. So now I'm on this thing called scavenger hunt within my own life. So I keep on finding these treasures that he planted in different parts of my life. And I keep on finding out, oh, he blessed me with a gift that I didn't know about. Oh, that I could record podcasts. Oh, then I find out about that. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I can do this. Let me try this. Then you start adventuring for the like, oh, God blessed me with the gift of how to cook. I can actually make a good chef. Then you then you find the gift. Then you harness it. Then you go on another scavenger hunt. Oh, God bless me with the gift of playing music instruments. Then you do that. God bless me with the gift of art. God bless me with the creativity to paint. God bless me with the creativity to do this. Because it says, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. But you see, you can't do that when you're so engulfed in what other people are doing. I no longer have time to sit down and watch other people's lives. When it comes to sports, all I have time for is watching highlights. I watch the highlights. That's it. If I really have nothing to do, if I really, really have nothing to do, even sitting down to watch from like the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, I would just come back and watch the fourth quarter. The point is, you have to get to a point where you start to stop giving other people your time. And you spend most of your time um, doing scavenger hunt, searching out, the hidden treasures that God has planted in your life. Unlocking. It's like a puzzle piece. You know, we like to play these games where you go on a journey and you go unlocking all these cool things, cool weapons, cool treasures, cool superpowers within a game. But we don't realize our lives have been designed by God that way. For us to go on this beautiful adventure and unlock all our potential. The reasons why... Um, 
this athlete is as good as they are is because they focus on their game. They found something they like and they focused so much on it. They became so good at it that now people would pay them to do what they can't do. You know, you pay someone to do things you can't do because it's fascinating. But we don't realize we can do that in our own lives as well. I am so genuinely, and it's one of the best things happened to me in the last two years. Two and a half years, I'll say. I am so genuinely involved and interested in my own life for like the first straight, for the first time, like in a very long time, that I, I don't have time and interest to stick my nose in other people's business. I don't. In fact, you can, you know, someone send me a message on, 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 let's say Instagram, whatever. I probably won't even see it in like, I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks, couple of days, but I, I just don't. I really do not have the time to stick my nose in other people's business. My life, there's so much I got to do in my own life that I just don't have the time anymore. I don't want to give people my time to focus on, on what they're doing and, 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 and looking into their life and judging and comparing. Because I have also realized that everything I could desire or want or appreciate in someone else's life came by them being intentional about their lives and working on their lives. So it's imperative that I also focus on my own life today. What you appreciate in other people's lives is what they were intentional about. So you too need to channel your focus and be about your business and stop looking at what way so-and-so today, how many steps forward did they take? How many steps backward did they take? I don't want to go, you know, now, now we, we, we can also talk about posting pictures, you know, I don't want to go on a vacation, post all these pictures of this amazing trip that I had. And yet I know that deep down, I was feeling insecure and miserable on that trip. That these pictures I am posting are just to satisfy a hollow part of me. That perhaps the likes and comments will make up for what I feel insecure about or what I'm dealing with. If I post a picture, I want honest intent, an honest heart posture behind it. I want to actually have been feeling good on that day. You know, let's say you're having a bad day. The wrong thing to do is to now take out a picture 
you took when you're on a vacation somewhere in your bathing suit or maybe on a doing something and you post that to make yourself feel better that is the wrong way because you are posting it so that people can say good things about it so that that can change how you feel no that's the wrong way to go about it that's the wrong way to go about it there's so many times where the lord the lord would deal with me on this he'll say you know you, you get in a place where you feel like oh let me post something so that you can almost like have like a, a pity party and, and have people come to your pity party and have people gather around and, and comment and um you know if you're looking for true honest if you're in a place where you need help you do not broadcast you know this is the time when you call a dear friend and say hey you know what I'm having a bad day. You know, let's go out. Let's grab a bite. Let's talk about this. Pray with me. You know, but for you to now turn it into like a public agenda and now you post a picture so that people can like it because yes, it was a good picture. And now you think that those likes that you're going to receive and those comments are going to now, in that moment, they might make you feel good. No, 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 no. There's something on the inside of you that you need to deal with. If you're going to depend on external sources to make you happy, it means you're not genuinely happy. Because you're always going to need external sources. You're always going to need to see 100 likes, 1,000 comments to uplift you. And that is wrong. I feel like there's a lot of, of, of spoken about and uh, I'm probably in some people's business right now. Some people probably like, you know, I'm probably stepping on a lot of people's toes. So I'm going to stop there for this episode. Sela. This was episode 10 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring the subject of how to mind your own business and how to be the superhero in your own life. Proverbs 25, 2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a thing. You see, there are so many beautiful things that God has concealed about our lives and it should be our duty and honor to discover them however if we are busy focusing on other people's lives we'll never get to discover these hidden treasures your host for today was calvin kavanda thanks for listening and see you on the next episode
Yeah. 